Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring guests and topics that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I have Kim Derek Rose Diba as my guest, and let me tell you about him. So he is an author, a blogger, and a branding guru, and he's guided some of the Fortune 500's oldest and most iconic brands. He has over three decades of strategic planning, branding, and executing multi-million dollar advertising and marketing campaigns, PR, and corporate communications in the agriculture, pharmaceutical, petroleum, airline, telecommunications, and automotive industries. He recently published his first book, Branding Queens, which is about 20 incredible women who built global brands dynasties. His goal as a product guest is to share a podcast guest most <laughs> let's put that right is to share his branding knowledge and wits to those eager to listen and learn and that of course is everyone that's listening right now i thought our theme should be do i need a personal brand or just a good resume please join me in welcoming my guest kim derrick Rose Diba. <laughs> Thank you very Howdy. much. Thank you very much, Vicki. I, so I really look forward to this. This is a great resume, you know, and um, it's always good to pick a brain of somebody who's been around the block a couple times, you know, <laughs> we, we have, <laughs> we have the t-shirts to wear <laughs> to do that, but you've seen, you know, you've seen the evolution. I remember what marketing like was like in the 70s, 80s, and 90s whenever I started, and where it is today with technology and all those things. So we'll get into all of that kind of thing. But first, we always ask a very simple question. I always think that everyone wants to know, where do you live? Where do you call home? So where I call home is in Canada. I'm in uh, Calgary, Alberta. <gasps> oh, I love Calgary. And Calgary we had the Winter Olympics, and because I know we're connected, we have one thing in common: is we were both torch uh, Olympic oh, torch. You were torchbearer, yes. yes. So actually, I was actually an escort runner. Uh, the company I worked for was well, similar to your situation. You, I believe, it was Coca Cola that led the 
the charge um, in, in during the Atlantic. In, um, in Atlanta, yes, they yeah. were the ones that did that. So I worked, the company I worked for, we, we also uh, ran the torch relay in Canada back in 88. And I was an escort runner. So I actually was with the torch for about five days. Wow. Uh, and during the evenings when it got too dark and unsafe for people to, to actually run with it, we would try to make up some time to get this sucker across the across. <laughs> the whole continent of North yeah. America. So anyways, I, I, I feel bonded with you because yeah. when you have that torch in your hand, life is very different. Yeah. Yeah. I so, said it's the, the smiling is, is equal to getting married or having a baby because <laughs> well, your mouth hurts so bad from smiling for that. <laughs> my first, I'll just tell you a really quick story. Mm -hmm. My first evening coming into a, one of the mid-sized um, cities in, in Ontario and it was winter, right? Because of Winter Olympics. Yeah. And I'm coming in and this older lady came running up to me and I'm going, what is she going to do? And she put her arms around me and she hugged me and she said, bless your heart. Oh. And I, I melted. Like I, I didn't realize how important this was for humanity, uh, for mm -hmm. people. Um, Cause it, it's, it's goodwill. It means so many different things to so many different people. So that was my first uh, start of my journey with the torch uh, during the four or five days I was with it. But anyways, yeah. I'm in Calgary. Uh, this is where I live. I grew up Vancouver Island. Uh, I've lived in Toronto. I've moved around, uh, not a lot, but I've been in Calgary for a fairly long time. Well, I have been there just one time and I'm, it was about this time of year and, and it snowed. <laughs> As we were talking earlier, yes. But I, because of the weather and in the workshop that I was in, I never actually got to go out and see it. So that is on my list, because it is like the wild, wild west. I mean, it's like you know our Midwest area, right? There's horses wow. and and you got to get out to the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is spectacular. Yeah, definitely on my list. All right, maybe I'll get a speaking gig up there. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us. Maybe there's some confusion out there. <clears throat> what is brand? And why is it so important? So, I mean, when you go back in history, I mean, I always like to, to equate, look at a box of cereal and it's a box. And it has mm. something in it. But each one has its own characteristics that have developed over time. And we have a relationship. Uh, now, I can I can remember, I still, there's a couple of brands that I will go to automatically. as a, And I started as a kid. So, but it's a box. Mm -hmm. And, and. You know, I know you're going to ask me the question about, a, you know, a personal brand and boxes don't have emotions. We as humans, we have emotions. So we're far more complex than a box of cereal. 
Mm-hmm. What's interesting about a box of cereal is how we've made it more than just a box, yeah. right? There's a great saying that, uh, you know, a brand wants to become more human and a human wants to become more like a brand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and putting us into a box, I think we need to, some of us, um, if it's part of our gig, whatever we're trying to do, we need to establish ourselves. But establish, how far do you go beyond just the resume? Do yeah. you have to go that extra step of building a following? Do you need to? Some people do. If if you're you're a service-oriented person, you're out there as a consultant, absolutely, you have to build the brand. But I see so many people trying to build a brand for the purpose of just getting a job. Okay, maybe uh, you do have to have you know, certain aspects. LinkedIn is awesome. It is. Mm -hmm. I read something today. LinkedIn is your PR agency. Okay. It is. is. It is. So, but leave it at that. Don't have to think that you have to be everything, um, that you have to actually confine yourself to a box. Yeah. When you were just talking about the, the emotion piece of it, you'll remember back and I'm from Pittsburgh originally, so yeah. there was a commercial with Joe Green, Mean Joe Green, and Coca-Cola, and he walking out into the stadium and giving this young boy a Coke, and the emotion that that was just from this simple act was that you, all these years later, remember how you felt when you saw that commercial, and I think whenever we talk about being coaches and service oriented, we, people don't buy that service. They don't buy that product. They buy us. Yeah. And so what we convey of who we are will create that emotion that will make people want to work yeah. with us. Yeah. So here's my definition to what a brand is. A brand isn't about what it says or does, but how it makes its customer feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a ripoff from Maya Angelou, (laughs) uh, right? But it is about how you make your customer feel. And well, I have the five C's of branding, which are all the, the, the things you can do from a branding perspective of making your brand. Mm -hmm. It is the customer that owns it. Yeah. They interpret what they get from it. So, you know, if we can surprise and delight every day, we're golden. Yeah. So the next question I have is tell us about the five C's. (laughs) So the five C's, I I had to put it into some sort of nomenclature that would be easier for people to understand and for me to keep remembering (laughs) the five C's. But the first one is, is commitment. And commitment Mm -hmm. is the why, it's the purpose, it's your promise. Mm -hmm. What are you promising to your customer? What are you going to deliver every day? Mm -hmm. And why are you doing this every day? And this next one is the construct. And this is the one that everybody sort of, you know, probably starts with, which is what's the logo look like? What's the name? 
you know, you can get much deeper than that for, you know, the, the five senses in the sense of what's the tonality, what's the color, what does it feel like? What does it smell like? Uh, and that's the construct. And then the next one is the community. And a lot of people say, oh, I thought it was going to be customer. And I go, it's bigger than your customer. Yeah, customer yes. is hugely important, but your influencers, your, mm -hmm. your advocators, your employees become really important to getting your message out as well. And the community that you work in becomes really important as well. So it is much bigger than just the customer. Yeah. The next one is, is the content. And I call it content in the sense of this is the marketing. This is, but it's bigger than marketing. You know, it's the PR. It is, it's, are you a, a leader in your community? Are you a voice for what you speak about. If you have a why, what are you speaking about that why? Mm. Are you leading the industry? Uh, there are lots of brands out there that lead the industry. And so it's much bigger than just marketing, but it is all the touch points that communicate what the brand represents and what it is there for. And then the final one, the final one is always the one I, I keep looking at and I go, this is the one of the hardest one that has no real excitement, but is the probably the most important one, which is consistency. Oh, yeah. How do you deliver your brand and your product, your service, every time the same mm. way, at the same time? I mean, you, you know, think of Starbucks. I've been in Starbucks in Germany. I've been Starbucks all over the place. And I have an expectation. And I it, they deliver it, even if they can't speak my language. They deliver, right? <laughs> and and how does that happen? It's through consistency. It's through you know governance. It's through systems. It's processes. Right. It's training your people. It is you know putting you know guidelines, rules, all of those sorts of things behind the scenes to make sure whatever is being delivered, you're going to be impressed. And and it's not just about delivering. Bottom line, you're always trying to ratchet that up. You yeah. know, trends happen, and you got to keep ahead of your customers. So, so consistency becomes probably the most important one for a brand to exist over a long time. Yeah. And the interesting thing, sometimes the tougher thing is you have that consistency, but you have to understand that you have to grow, you have to pivot and evolve. That's and right. So how do you do that in a way that will keep the customers that you had and grow the customers that yeah. you need. Yeah. And you know what? Data is hugely important yeah. in this area. And, and if you can, there's so much data today. I think some companies are paralyzed because um, they don't know what to do with it, but it's simple. Keep it really simple. Ask your customer. Mm. Uh, I always, I always like to talk about, you know, the, the simple, you know, go back, you know, the butcher and, you know, he was the butcher in the corner. And again, this is way back when. Yes. And he knew what each customer wanted. He mm -hmm. knew, okay, you know, I, this customer is not going to want a lot of fat on there because they're not looking for that. They're looking for more, you know, um, from a trim perspective. And they knew because they built that relationship. And every brand has to do that. And how mm -hmm. you do it today is through data. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not five or 10 people, it's thousands and that's right, even more so. Yeah. All right. So a new company, we 
they should be looking at that consistency, but they don't have the data yet. So yeah. wh what, what should they start to do to get the data, I guess? So the first thing they got to start with though, is understand their why, and that's not going to be easy. And the reason it's not going to be easy is you've got a product. Mm. You start with a product. You don't start with a customer. Uh, a lot of cases you don't start with a, you start with a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you solve a problem and you go, I got something that other people will probably want. Mm -hmm. But the big step that you got to make is understanding why. Mm. And I know we're going to get into my book, but one of the interesting things I found with the women that I had studied is they were their customer. So if you're, if it's easier to be your customer, if you've been in the shoes of your customer, yeah. you understand what the problem is. So the why actually becomes really easy for you to see. Mm -hmm. But if you've come up with a technology or something that, you know, that makes something faster, makes it better, makes it you got to step away from that and go, okay, but well, what really drives you? Yeah. What is driving that innovation that you want to do? Because that's bigger. And that is the important element. And how you get there is not day one. You get there eventually, mm -hmm. but that becomes, because without that, all the other C's are really hard to determine mm -hmm. where you should be going, i.e. Yeah. your customer, um, what data you should be actually supporting and what data you should be looking at and where should you be going? Because the why becomes your measuring stick. It becomes your ruler. It guides you as to what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Right. So true. I know with um, all of the, the different things that I do, my anti-aging, my speaking, my leadership, all of those things came from a pain and a problem that I had to work through. And then when I found the solutions, it's easy for me to, to talk about it and to sell it and to share it because I know that it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and most times I'm not doing it because I'm trying to, to make it a buck. It's how I do. It's great. But a lot of times it's, I am so excited that it worked and right. I see you have that same problem and right. I so want to be able to share it with you. And that's called passion. Yeah. And you cannot ignore passion. No. No. You need to be authentic and true. Absolutely. So I'm sure that these 20 people that you interviewed, these branding queens had their own pers perspective, but their own individual passion. And I'd love for you to talk to us a little bit about some of those women, just to get us a tease a little bit so that we want to run out and get that book. Okay. So I actually never interviewed any of them because most of them are actually um, deceased. Uh, there's only five of their the the women that I have in the book that are alive today. Uh, and of those five, I think only two are still actually running the businesses. But but because it goes back to 1810. 
But their stories, though. Oh, oh, reflect yes. that passion. <laughs> yeah, they, absolutely. I mean, no, yeah. absolutely. They so it goes back to 1810. And and the first person, actually, this was the, the reason why I started the book, ah. was uh, Barb Nicole Clicquot. Do you know the Champagne Veuve Clicquot? No, I do not. Well, you got to try it because it's know. really good. It's really <laughs> good. And do you know any French? Uh, <laughs> okay. So Veuve, translate in English, widow. Mm -hmm. So it's Widow Clicquot, one of the, oh. I think one of the most famous champagnes in the world. And when I found that out, I go, so a woman was behind this brand? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And then why did she put Widow yeah. on the brand? Was there a legal reason? Was she looking for sympathy? It was back in 1810. <laughs> back in 1810. Yeah, when women were not doing any business. No, for sure. No. So, so that started my quest to find out why. Ah. And then I thought, okay, are there other women out there that were behind incredible brands that I'm not aware of? And yes, they are. And I found 20 of them. The youngest uh, brand is 20 years old. And the oldest, of course, is over 200. So, so I, I caught the fever in the sense of understanding. Because, okay, we know still today that the the business world is not necessarily that friendly for women entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's true. Right? You go back in history and it gets worse, not better. Mm. Yet, these women persevered. Mm. C.J. Walker, mm. first black woman millionaire in North America. Incredible child of slaves. Mm -hmm. well, she was a washwoman for many years and she started her own uh, products, hair products, because at the time, uh, black women in particular, uh, ha their hair would be falling out. Yeah. Part of it was because of hygiene, um, water, bathrooms, outhouses. Mm -hmm. Uh, weren't able to wash their hair. Uh, and so she came up with a product that would help other women. And what did she do? She just didn't go out and flog it. She actually built an empire of other women to come into her business. And Mary Kay came right off of this same sort of model mm -hmm. and bringing these women in. And she actually started a school to help train these women. Mm. What did she train them? She trained them not just on selling, trained them on hygiene, education, reading. It was more than just selling wow. her product because she was bringing these women up with her. Nice. Several of these women understood. I mean, today we hear of caring brands. 
these women were doing it well before even the term came up. Mm. So very cool. It is very cool mm -hmm. because one of the things that I did notice in all of these women is a large percentage of them were marketing to customers that were them. But outside of that, it was the empathy that they had for their customer. Mm -hmm. If you start with empathy as part of your, your positioning mm -hmm. of your brand, you can't go wrong. Because yeah. what are you doing? You're always listening. Mm -hmm. I, these Some of these women were incredible. They would, they would be out there. Um, Liz Claiborne. Yeah. She would be in the store. And I mean, one of her claim to fames was putting all the different coordinates together. So she'd have a blouse, the jacket, the pants, the skirt, all the same, you know, color dye that you could mix and match for business women. No, it was looking for, you know, simple pro, you know, being able to have, a, I can put my jacket with this, I can put with my jacket with this, which was revolutionary going mm -hmm. back to when you start thinking about in the sixties, when women were going into offices and going into business and she would be out there in the stores, talking to clients, they thought she was a salesperson. <laughs> Estee Lauder would be out there in the sale floor, you know, the, the, the perfume cosmetic floor, which is the main floor in department mm -hmm. stores. And she'd be out there spraying her scent and trying to attract people. And why they were doing this? They were listening. These are things that, I mean, brands are starting to learn, you know, uh, of, you know, caring about their employees, caring about their customer, you know, thinking about it in a holistic way. They were doing it naturally. Yeah. It's not rocket science. <laughs> just no, really... it isn't. It isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think it sometimes isn't. we try to make it that way. But for me, it's always just what would you want? You know, I mean, you're, you were a customer too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what would you want? It's so simple, right? It's mm -hmm. to just ask the question. Mm -hmm. And somehow we've gotten so into the data yeah. that we've lost the, 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 the face mm -hmm. in some cases. Yeah. And we, you know, we think that we've figured it out in the data, but you really don't understand until you actually the customer and go, does this make sense? I don't know. It's, you know, I, I, I this is a side story, but, you know, technology has, its, how it's advanced. And I mean, it has advanced, but there was times where, you know, we'd be struggling with, you know, communicating virtually, you know, with and I go, well, maybe we should just pick up the phone. <laughs> and And it was like this, dead air in the sense of, oh yeah, we could use the telephone. And because it's, it's something so obvious, right? We Even forget. if you, if you think of like Costco and some, um, I don't know, Trader Joe's or some of the smaller 
stores where they have people that still, you know, come and have someone just give out their product, you know, as a, a taste or, or as, a, you know, see what it's all about. And the impact of that is often huge because I might not have ever tried that product if you didn't have it, that person no. standing there giving me a taste or a try. So Debbie Fields, uh, Mrs. Fields Cookies, mm -hmm. she was notorious for doing exactly that. Yeah. Uh, when she started her business, she did not want one to franchise. She pushed against that. Eventually, it became a franchise organization because, again, from a from a, a financial, she couldn't raise the capital, and it was really hard for her to even open up her first store and trying to get uh, a loan from the bank. But the reason she didn't want to do that is she wanted total control of the product. Yeah. She thought it was really important. The other thing that she thought was really important was each store would make the product. And the reason she said that is she wanted ownership. She wanted the people that was serving it to their customers have that pride that they made it. Now we know today most products are not done that way. It's manufactured in the in somewhere. It comes in frozen or comes in, you know, you know, so that gets either you know baked on site or you know gets warmed up or whatever it happens, whatever that that process is. But going from a you know scratch, okay, all the ingredients they had, and there was a private, you know, nobody understood what the recipe was. But she wanted that ownership so that when the people handed it out and they saw the smile, that they felt that. And she fought that right until, the, until she left the company because it was not you know, the most efficient way to do it. When you mm -hmm. think about it, there's some consistency issues as well, mm -hmm. because you have you got to train your people to cook, go from you know, scram like taking flour and going right to the, the end product. You, you lose some of that control. But uh, she would go out with the tray and she would get her, her staff fresh because again, Mrs. Fields cookies are only good for a couple of hours. Yeah. So, and again, she was, all these women, quality was hugely important. There's some stories of, you know, the color of the bottle was off, can't go out. Contents is okay. No, that's not good enough. Mm. It goes back to that consistency, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Time has flown by. <laughs> you know, we could probably spend <laughs> a, a, another hour, but time has flown by. We'll have to just have you back and talk some more. I'm sure there will be another book coming, but personal branding is is that hot topic, and we talked a little bit about it. So. How does perhaps writing a book help your personal brand? Well, it, it, it's it's a interesting question because a lot of people say that's a good way to it's a it's not it's becomes your your new business card. Yeah. Uh, since nobody has business cards anymore, wow. uh, they have LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn <laughs> as kind of their business card. A book is a business card. It 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 can relay what you think. 
The problem with a book is you got to market that book. Mm -hmm. And so to be successful of selling your book, you have to spend a fair bit of time marketing that book. So it's a catch 22 as to what are you trying to do? Are you trying to, to sell a book? Or are you trying to sell yourself? Yeah. Uh, there is having a book, I guess, on the side is not a bad thing. I wouldn't spend three years because it took me three years to write my book <laughs> to have a book on the side. It's just like, it doesn't feel like it makes sense. But if you've got an idea, you want to share what you believe, it can help your business, mm -hmm. particularly if you are in the service industry or you are, you've got a program that you want to, to, to sell, then having a book is probably not a bad thing. I mean, it, it still has, I mean, I'm always surprised when people, you're an author. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, it is kind of cool, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of authors out there today. Yeah. And I did compilation books last year, so I did four of them. <laughs> so it's, it's possible, you know, you don't have to take three years, but you know, I am working on my own book and, um, uh, fit, fitting that in between, uh, the pages of everything else I'm doing. So well, congrats. <laughs> it's not going to take three years, but it will not be done in six months like I had originally planned, but that's okay. You know, I'm at least working on it. <laughs> All right. For those of you that have been enjoying this, I do want to share the contact information. So if you're just listening, uh, you can go and grab that paper and pencil or pen as I'm going to share my screen. If you're watching, you can go ahead and get a screenshot. All of this information, though, will be available on my findyourleadershipconfidence.com website, as well as my YouTube channel. You can subscribe from there, see all my podcasts. All right, so the website for Kim is https colon forward slash forward slash www.roz deba.com that's r-o-z-d-e-b-a.com and linkedin you can go to derek rose deba and instagram you can do k d r o z e b a <laughs> no let's just say k draws deba no kd ah kim derek there we got it i've I'll just have to <laughs> read more English um, as I go on here. <laughs> All right. So Instagram is HTTPS www.instagram.com slash K-D-R-O-Z-D-E-B-A dot. And that is all the Instagram and LinkedIn is the only social media you've got out there. So I'm going to have you spend a few minutes telling them what they can find when they go to your website and what they might also find whenever they go to LinkedIn and Instagram. It's all yours. Thank you very much, Vicki. So if you go to uh, rosdeba.com, I have a blog and it's uh, the blog is on branding. So if you want to find out anything else, I mean, I love this topic. I could, as you can tell, I can talk about it for 
uh, a long time. So if you're interested in learning about branding um, and other concepts about it, there's a whole number of, of articles there. Outside of that, you can also find more about my book, uh, Branding Queens, uh, which is about this 20, the 20 women uh, as well. And I also have uh, some resources there. So uh, everything from if you want to start a, a book uh, a club, uh, reading club, uh, I've got some tips there. I've got some stuff if you actually want to use my book. Uh, and I have some uh, questions that you can discuss in your team. You, I even have a, a sheet there to come up with themes for your, your book club uh, meeting uh, as it concerns Branding Queen. Because if you think about Branding Queens, you can go all over the place uh, uh, with uh, different themes. So I've got got that as well. But I also have some uh, tips and, and tricks as it concerns branding. Well, Kim, it has been just really wonderful chatting with you. I hope everyone does go and get the book. I know I am going to, and I really think there's probably a version two, three, four, because there's branding queens all over. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, definitely anything that we can do to help lift up our fellow uh, women out there that are crushing it as business owners, then uh, we should do so. But yeah, awesome. I, I agree. You. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the thing that I've been hearing from the readers is, and I didn't, this was not my intent. My intent <laughs> was to teach people more about branding through experience of others but a lot of my readers have said, no, this is far more inspirational. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's true because the, these women's stories are incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm honored that I'm sharing it. Uh, but, you know, my intent was to teach more people about branding. And my, my <laughs> next book is about branding because ah. uh, uh, it is, I, I had a fair bit of branding in the first book, but when uh, my beta reader said, ah, oh, take this branding stuff out. We just want to know about more about these women. So uh -huh. I, I, I did exactly that. So my next book, I'm, we'll see. I, I'll hopefully be finished by the end of this year. Um, oh beginning of, of next year, hopefully. Uh, and it's more academic uh, in this topic, but you're right. There are, I have a whole series as I was going through and learning about uh, women and, and branding, there was a whole number of women behind the scenes from advertising mm -hmm. agencies um, that are, I mean, are, did incredible stuff and yeah. helping um, build brands Uh you know, outside of what we normally know. Um, mm -hmm. We see these brands out there and there are these incredible women that help. Uh, and again, it's because they understand their audience and they have this empathy that I, I always say, you know, when a man builds something, it says, I will build it and they will come. That's how they look at it. Let's mm -hmm. not how these women build their products. Yeah. Yeah, we build it because they need it. That's right. <laughs> well, you get that book done in January when I have my I my next summit will be I have one coming up in a, 
a little bit, but in November, but I have my next summit will be in around March of 2024. So that will be just perfect time for you to come and tell us all about this new book. All right. No pressure for you to finish it by then. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's, it's really about the five C's. So you yeah, heard about that's... the five C's. It just takes me another 77, 77,000 more words to explain it. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. <laughs>